Hello and welcome to the Fire Up Podcast. I'm your host, Deborah Trapin. I'm so thrilled to share a new mini-series here on the podcast called Spill the Tea. Join Molly McKinley and me for conversations about being intentional and confident in uncertain times and beyond. Molly is the CEO of Intentionalities and host of the Afternoon Tea Podcast. So in honor of our shared love of tea, pull out your sassiest teacup, brew your favorite tea blend, snuggle into your coziest spot, and listen in on this hour of togetherness. Get ready to hear us sharing ideas too, best practices around, and of course, highlighting our favorite people, brands, and initiatives, positively serving humanity, and sprinkling joy over their slice of the galaxy. Without further ado, let's spill the tea. Hello world. Oh my goodness. Today is a day of many things to celebrate. (laughs) I'm so excited for today. Okay. So let's see. We, we want to make sure to wish Sarah Sudachan, our dearest, happy birthday. Yes. And we want to make sure to celebrate Jackie Soto's five-year owning her own brokerage anniversary. That's huge. So huge. Yep. And dun, da, 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 it's Star Wars Day. <laughs> I was like, what are you going to say? <laughs> yes. And what I absolutely love is that one of my favorite people, Sarah, her birthday is on May the 4th. That's awesome. I I was so tickled that this, I guess, 2017 is when I found out (laughs) because that would be the first year that I knew her on her birthday. And I was like, you've got to be kidding. And I feel like she was just kind of like, oh, yeah, of course. Like, it's May the 4th. But I don't think that she was celebrating it quite like Star Wars Day yet. And now... Like we're sending each other lightsaber photos and she's totally binge watching it with her son. And I'm so excited. And I feel like a little kid who's just like, and, 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 uh, and my girlfriend, Syl out in Minnesota, her daughter, who is part, a piece of my heart, Ms. Ellie has decided she is a Star Wars fan and she just oh, turned awesome. to the double digits this year. So okay. this is a big deal. So it was their very first um, Star Wars day that they celebrated. And <laughs> you'll love this. Oh my goodness. So Syl is my friend who has a very uh, wicked, dry sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Like she'll say something and you're like, are you serious? Like, <laughs> I, I feel like I think that a lot. Um, and she uses the term maze balls. Anything with the word with the term balls after it cracks her up. Uh, so for Star Wars Day, uh, you can see they she created a full menu. You see Baby Yoda there. Oh, that's cute. Who will forever be Baby Yoda. Yoda, not that dumb old name they gave him. Um, yeah, that Baby Yoda is actually that that was they nailed that. They that's, really nailed it. Yeah. They just yeah. sucked at the naming part. Yeah. Um Okay, so their dinner was Jar Jar Links, like Jar Jar Binks, for those of you who don't know Star Wars. Nobody likes Jar Jar Binks, so that doesn't sound delicious. <laughs> well, it's meat, so you wouldn't like it anyways. Yeah, no. uh, Grand Admiral Prawns, which is oh, hilarious. Wow. a fancy little menu they have for a dinner at home. Uh-huh, yep. Princess oh. Leia buns. 
Ba-dum, bump. That's fun. And then for milk or for their drink, they had blue milk. And for dessert, they had Luke Pie Walker. <laughs> that's cute. That's fun. That makes yeah. me, that is a, uh, the the uh my gut reaction is like the the pinterest fail right you know it's like some people are like you know with the elf on the shelf where they like go all out and then then like the one else like stays in the spot for like do you know what i'm talking about <laughs> where it's like oh man like my i need to up my game <laughs> well i mean when your kiddos are small like hers are it's yeah. it, it's creating the memories of the, of the random days. And it seems like those are almost a bit more fun than things like Christmas or yeah, Easter where there's so much hubbub, you know, where it's like this, this day in the midst of the year that has this, has become really a, a cult national holiday. <laughs> yeah. That's how I feel. I love May day, May 1st. It's one of my, actually one of my all time favorite days. Cause you know, you put little secret, flowers on people's, uh, you know, um, doorknobs. I love that. But for me, May 4th, um, I went to undergrad at Kent State University in Ohio. So May 4th, um, 1976, I believe is, was a really different day because that was the day where we had the shooting from the national guard at Kent State, um, with the Vietnam war. So my May 4th is when I was an undergrad, we would go and sit in a dark theater and they just played the audio of the the gunshots and the chaos. Um, wow. It was very, um, you know, because the idea was that you just don't want to forget. And this was this happened on campus, you know. And so um, that's that's kind of like when I think of May Fourth, I, I think it's fun to have like you know, the new May Fourth. But that is really what I I think of first. Um, so. Yeah. Well, and that was, I think the first Star Wars movie was 1977. So that, you know, it precedes mm -hmm. it even in date. Um, wow. That's that's an intense way to, to remember something and yeah. incredibly powerful. I wonder if they still do it. Well, actually, I recently went back to campus and now they have a whole May 4th memorial and it is very, very well done. So you can go and experience all of that and... Um, it's, it's actually in the same location where they have the, um, the, um, it's like a, this is the, the hill on campus. That is, um, one of the ways to honor the, um, the moment was they, it's planted with daffodils, Ooh. Um, but this is also the hill where the students in the winter would steal the trays from the, um, food court or whatever, and sled down the hill on our food trays. <laughs> Um, so those are all kind of like the, the Kent state lore, you know, things that we used to do, um, as students, but, but they have the audio cause the audio is actually what's really, really profound. Um, especially when you decouple it from actual like visual, um, cues, you know, you really can get the feeling we, sometimes we, we don't, we don't think of, of sound being as, as powerful as it actually is. Um, but yeah, now it's just permanently there. It's not just on May 4th. So, Oh, I love that. Um, yeah. again, you know, there's, there's so much power in the remembering yeah. and I love it when, you know, like any memorial, right. When you walk yeah. through it, there is a sense of, um, I don't know, there, there's just a, a 
It's it's heavy peace. That's the best way for me to describe it. Like it's usually very quiet and the yeah. mood is very somber and heavy. Yeah. And and I think that that it makes sense, right? Because most memorials are related to something that had to do with death or war or uh, a combination of the two. And it was hard earned peace and we live in hard earned peace and we tend to forget about that in, in between time. Yeah, for sure. I guess for me, like the, the thing about the May 4th, particularly um, at Kent State was that everybody was just babies, you know? The National Guardsmen, the students, everybody, they were just so young, you know, it's just one of those things that we forget that sometimes now that we're on the, uh, what do people call it, the second act or whatever, you know. Yes, we're in our that. second act. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice way of putting it. But yes, it, you know, it's like, yeah, they're babies, you know. So good stuff. Well, I mean, I think the beauty of that is, I mean, for so long, people did die in like their early to mid 60s. Yeah. Right. And I mean, countless people are living into their 80s and their 90s and their hundreds now. So, um, you know, not forgetting what has created the environment where we live is important and it's important even longer. Right. Even because <laughs> I'm imagining that if my memory is already starting to fade on certain things and when I'm 90, I'm going to need a memorial to remember some of the things. Right. Oh, like yeah. I'm going to need that. So it's like a, a permanent journal entry right there. Well, so I think we should just continue to make awesome memories. So then it's we're always we're always in motion. Yes. I love that. I love it. I love it a lot. And we are totally worthy of that. Um, so, okay. So April 28th happened. <laughs> and so that means you got a chance to download. Oh, wait, let's breathe first. Let's breathe first because I really want to talk about that book, but I'm so ready to breathe and we haven't done that yet. <laughs> I'm like, April 28th. I'm like, you remember my son's birthday and you remember, you know, like your date memory. I mean, girl, like seriously, I'm tipping my hat to you. Seriously. <laughs> the things that, the, well, the things we remember, right. It's, it's so, it is a random thing, but yeah, I'm, I'm ready to breathe. Okay. Are, are you breathe. ready to lead us? <laughs> Cause yeah. you know, I don't breathe until I see you. <laughs> <laughs> we're just we're gonna do our practice our three part breathing because this is the the breath that, um, again this is very simple but you know the hope here is that this becomes second nature, yes. and so anytime we're approaching any kind of situation of stress trauma, disconnection whatever um, or even just recent the need to recenter um, that we can employ this breath. Um, yes. Uh, ourselves. So just coming into our bodies, bringing awareness to our shape. Big breath in together. I am fully human. Now dropping the awareness into the space in the center of the heart. Big breath in. I am fully divine. 
big breath in together. Remembering the union of these anthropos. And then letting it go. I did a meditation um, with friends over the weekend and um, one of my friends was guiding it and she um, said the most beautiful thing is that when we remember our own soul, right? That no matter where we stand, we're on sacred ground. Mm. Yes. And I was just like, Yes, that is beautiful. So everything becomes sacred when we remember that our physical bodies, right, mm-hmm. are the vehicle of the soul yep. and should be honored as such, you know? So. Yeah, I, I Megan talks to that in, uh, not only in the book, but in a couple of her other messages, Megan Watterson, that is. Um, and I love when she you know, talks. Megan? Yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> Megan and I, we go way back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she's like achieved you know, Oprah and Madonna status, right? It's totally. just, it's just At Megan. Least in our world, right? Yes, exactly. Uh, but she does talk about that where we step it is holy ground. And, and that I love also love the, when she speaks to this, that the heart is the seat of our soul. Oh like, yeah. I love that because I just imagine <laughs> You know, me and my like vivid imagery, right? I imagine there's like this little seat in my heart and like my little soul's butt cheeks kind of <laughs> kind of just like Your put a little bloop, bloop. <laughs> like oh my gosh. Okay. Well, two things to that. <laughs> one is I don't know if I have it, but one of the first books that I ever actually found using intuition, because I used to Okay, don't laugh. But when I was in college, I used to go to the library and just walk with my hand along all the books until I found one that felt warm. And then that would be the book I would read. Okay. The first time I ever did that was a book by Gary Zukav called The Seat of the Soul. Mm. And I was 18 and it actually gave me the language to describe something that I knew was true, that I didn't have the words for. Mm. It was like my first moment where I was like, yes, this is truth. I love that. Yeah. So if you haven't read that, Gary Zukav, Seat of the Soul, I actually just recently rebought it because it has a new edition out. And it was just, again, like one of... I think that the, of all the books, like that might be the book that I would attribute to setting me on my spiritual path, like truly Ooh. a spiritual path versus just a religious path. Um, and then um, you said something else that I wanted to share because it was really good. <laughs> I don't know. My my soul's butt, butt imprint. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Because <laughs> you did kind of giggle at that. Yes, actually, we will do that. We will do that meditation today because there's a beautiful meditation where you actually dip into your, you can, um, you know, go, you dip into your heart and there's supposedly the soul lives just to the right of the heart center. And I also kind of imagine like sort of you travel down like a little, a tunnel and there it is sort of like a little seed just sort of just waiting to be remembered. Yes. Yes. I, uh, 
the the older I get, the more vivid my imagination gets about what it is like inside, right? Like, of, of course, you can look up like Grey's Anatomy and see all of the images. However, I have a, you know, my mind's eye sees mm -hmm. it. <laughs> and there's definitely a seat <laughs> that my soul sits in, <laughs> like a little throne, a little, a little, a little throne. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, that was actually, that was the meditation I did this morning. That was actually to go into, but um, in the meditation, it was actually the Lotus throne. So it was a throne, but it was in the shape of a Lotus flower. And that Ooh, the little fun. soul was, you know, in there sitting on the throne. I love the story of how I found it too. And, and some of the most important or profound books that I have read. Oh, I mean, and like I said, I was this, I really started doing that intuitive practice when I was 18. Um, but if anybody is out there and you're like, I don't even know what to read, you know, honestly, it is a very fun practice just to just use your intuition and scan with your hand. And when something feels different, I, 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 I feel it with the sensation of heat. But some people feel like tingling or, you know, cold or whatever, you know, just to start to practice sort of tuning into that body intelligence, um, you know, because and I and I think that this is the sort of the segue into our April 28th conversation of, you know, you're more than the body book, um, yes. you know, but it is true. Like when you think about how intelligent you know, we're, we're just, we are, we've numbed our senses down. I always think of like the native Americans, mm. you know, using their hair as an extra sense, right? Because they could feel the change of the wind and, you know, mm. they have this extra heightened sensory connection to even the hair, right? Yes. Yes. We, we've kind of lost all of that, you know, so. We have lost a lot of that. I mean, yeah. I, I think that inside the um, in, inside the communities where I think in general indigenous people live, right? Whether oh, yeah. it's uh, you know Native Americans here in the United States, whether it's First Nation up in Canada, whether it's the Abor Aborigine, Aborigine, Aboriginal, Aboriginals. I don't know how, if it's Aboriginal. In Australia? The yes, in Australia. Thank you very much. I really apologize. If you do know, I, I think it's the Aborigine that are there, like the Cherokee are here, right? Mm -hmm. um, but that th there's still there's still some folks in those tribes who have done their very best to like white knuckle hold on to that stuff, right? Those traditions, those ways. And, and we've talked about this a couple of times because of the farmer's almanac, right? Yeah. I'm uh -huh. using the old farmer's almanac. Actually, mine's right here. Yeah. And that, that we, we wet folk who basically tried to erase all of that. Yeah. Erase anything that wasn't white or, or, or ask it to submit to our ways and vanilla eyes itself in order to partake in what we were creating in the United States. I feel like there is just such a resurgent in so many areas, not only in people wanting to get back in touch with the, their soul, their divine feminine energy, yeah. their, you know, this, the spiritual side of things. I also see it I, not only in myself, but, and 
in, in the country and in the world at large, like we are paying more attention to the moon than the sun. Mm-hmm. We, we we're talking about it more. And, and part of my recognition of that, I do. Or it's more miserable, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and, and I think that where it's happening is so many people are thinking, geez, I should probably grow my own food. What happens if, and then they're reconnecting with things like the old farmer's almanac and going, oh my God, like this is witchcraft. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe witchcraft isn't so bad after all, maybe right. paying attention to the, you know, the phases of the moon and maybe paying attention to astrology is not witchcraft in the evil side of things. Maybe it was simply sold to us that way because those people didn't understand it and therefore it became bad. Well, and um, I saw that meme the other day. It was like, what, how did we get so screwed up as a culture where we like, you know, we didn't like point our fingers at the people who were burning other humans, right? Like, like that to me was just like so profound, like that we wouldn't like as a, as a race, um, you know, that we wouldn't be pointing fingers at the, at somebody who would be willing to burn another human. Yeah. I mean, it's well, just all it that seems, it seems ludicrous now. However, when you think back to that time, when you think back to when we, they were just, you know, a couple hundred people, right? A couple hundred people getting off a couple ships. And I mean, it's kind of crazy to think about it that way, right? Yeah, that's right. And and it was so, so patriarchal in structure yeah. that, that the women actually did not think for themselves. Yeah. And, and there, oh, of course, there were some, those are the witches. Uh, however, the, for the most part, it had been like our wildness, our independence was bred out of us. Yes. And in particular, when you're talking about uh, coming from places like England, where it was very proper and everyone had their role, like women weren't even homemakers. They were like the mistress of the manor. You know, like the, the, I'm, and I'm talking about the women who were over here, right? I'm not talking about the, the, the maids or the help back then, yeah. right? Yeah. Like the, the women who were standing next to their husbands who were saying, you know, the, the off with her head, light the match, um, you know, stoke the fire. They were simply like looking at them like, okay, I guess this is what we do to this. All right, here we go. And, and I liken it. Molly, to how we're realizing certain things that we have accepted that were never acceptable over the years. It's simply what we were taught was um, was what we were to accept. Oh yeah, well, and like the the culturization of of things, right? Where you know that to me is. Um, of the awakening right and the remembering where you start to question everything yes and And you see that everywhere like posts and stuff i mean Mm -hmm. my reticular activating system has been triggered and yeah i definitely have done the social media calling once or twice right and said like 
I got to get rid of this, these people who are sharing their scheduled vulnerability. I, I, I just, I almost when you're talking about like the heat, I, I feel like with social media, I feel cool. Like when I'm swiping, I'm like, oh yeah, that there's no life in that. Mm. Right. Like I can see it. I can feel it. And, and I'm just immediately, unless there's a real life connection, mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm unfollowing because of course, as you kind of alluded to, um, April 28th, you got another credit on audible and you got <laughs> more than a body. That and then so that tagline of our bodies are instruments, not ornaments. Okay. So have you got, had a chance to listen to any of it yet? Yeah, I'm on like chapter five, I think. So um, yeah, I've been trying to walk in the woods, um, in the trees, and I'm listening while I'm I'm walking. And um, yeah, I, it's one of those things where for me, I the, I keep the voice in my head is I have to find a way to have my daughter listen to this, you know, because yes, right. Like I that. see your daughter in Lexi and. Lindsay, like yeah. as a child right now. Uh, um, and I actually have been sending the link to everyone I know that has a daughter and, yeah. and everyone that I know that has a son, let's just be real. Cause they're, they speak to the flip side of it. Right. Oh yeah. Well, I, I will. And that's why I keep hearing, like seeing my son in this is because my, my oldest, you know, is 18 and he has started to you know, work out and is trying to get fit, you know, he's going to join the military and wants the muscles, right? Um, you know, because he has to go through boot camp. So he's training. But it's not about just being fit to do it, right? He's, you know, it's all of the, the stuff, right? And it yeah. just ingrained in us that masculine is this way. And the feminine is this way. And that our bodies are objects instead of this beautiful carrier processor experiencer of the sacred inside. I know. I know. That's what I really love about this book is that it is, it's written by two young women who around the same time, kind of you had your, uh, your jump start into the conversation of spiritual intuition and you were, you know, running your fingers across the books in the library. I mean, these gals were uh, in college as well. And they were uh, consuming this kind of media, marketing, journalism courses. And they talked about the, there was two teachers. It was a man and a woman that were professors at the school that they went to, I think in Utah yeah, is where, is where they are. Um, yeah. And so immediately I, uh, for some reason, of course, I think immediately that everybody, every person I know that is in Utah is deeply religious, whether they're Mormon or not is irrelevant. It's just, mm -hmm. there seems to be, it's very conservative. It's very, there is a lot of um, religion in mm -hmm. the state. And so like, I'm going through that filter as I'm listening to these two, these mm -hmm. two women who in my mind, even as I, I mean, they are white blonde women and they mm -hmm. remind me of the sweet valley high twins as i was sharing with you oh, right like, yes which i did read all of those books by the way. <laughs> i did too i voraciously consumed them yes. <laughs> but i it i actually was nervous to start the book because of that i thought oh great two white blonde women who are seemingly like just like fully functional they're able-bodied beautiful women 
that's the that's the beauty of the book though is that it because they started so young and they started to kind of uncover these inconsistencies and the, this like sexism in journalism and sexism in media and how they were seeing it in themselves because in the class they went back to their journals like i so wish i had journals from back then i mean i have a couple um but not many but it sounds like they were like journaling on the daily, right? Mm -hmm. And that they remembered saying no to going swimming because their body wasn't good enough yet. And then they immediately started doing the workouts and cutting their food calories and doing all the things to make their body worthy of going swimming, right? Um, I don't know about you because I think that you were, um, you know, you, you, you have a different experience because you have a different body, right? You grew yeah. up in a different place than I did. Um, however, I think there's common threads in all of this. I, I have been reliving so much of my childhood in this book. Mm. Like they tell a story. I'm like, oh my gosh, like mm. I can remember. <laughs> oh my God. I wonder if my mom was going to hear me. Um, <laughs> where, earmuffs, mom, earmuffs, right? Uh, I know. Well, I mean, she probably knew, but my mom had this, do you remember back in the day, like before video, like VHS workout, what was Jane Fonda's workout, but oh, totally. there was jazzercise. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. and so my mom had this record. It was a workout record, like actual vinyl. And it opened up and it had a poster in it. And the yeah. poster, like, I mean, this, this memory is so visceral. I can, I can feel opening up and looking at all the different exercise moves that I was supposed to do in order to look like the woman on the cover of that album. And I pinned it up on my wall or on the back of my door and I would go down and I would snag the album. I bring it up to my little rec record player in my room mm -hmm. and I would lay on the ground with a long, like a full body mirror laying up against my bed. And I would watch myself do all of these exercises. And I'm like, I must've been 10, mm. 11. And that's why this, this book has like cracked me open and wrecked me in so many great ways, because I'm actually like loving on that little girl now mm. in a totally different way. It, it's weird. It's hard to explain. Oh, I think it's beautiful. I think that's, that's it. Right. Is that, um, That is, that is actually beautiful. Hmm. Thank you. I think the interesting thing, and um, oh, I see Jackie's here. Jackie, in our first round on, <laughs> on live, we got kicked off. Um, we were saying congratulations on your five-year anniversary, sister. I know. Seriously, Jackie? We're going to have to celebrate soon. Well, and Jackie has uh, little women that are not only... Um, not only raising girls, but, but uh, surrounded by girls, because whenever you have a girl in your family, there's all of the girls that come along with that girl, all of her friends. Oh, a hundred percent. And so, the, and there's so many things, so many beautiful conversation starters inside this book that like, I, I actually want to get the physical book because I want all of those journal prompts. Cause they're really, really good. They're really yeah. like, they, they're blowing my mind in, 
Um, I think I shared this before when I partnered with Christy Bridges on her book, um, Option Ocean. It's like a devotional for young people. And I shared the story of, of, you know, the, the relationship that I, along with, you know, like according to this research, nearly every single other woman has, we're in opposition with our bodies. Mm -hmm. Right. And the uh, Leslie, or Lexi and Lindsay talk about it as a, we're, we're kind of watching ourselves. Mm -hmm. We're like observing our bodies, right? Mm -hmm. The, the whole instrument versus, um, this, this ornament, right. That we're taught from a very little, a very young age to actually observe ourselves as an ornament. Mm -hmm. And that I think it's the language. I really do. I think it's the language Molly inside this book that is, is not only helping me with take that, take my healing to the next level. It's also helping me in having conversations with friends and, mm -hmm. And that the, again, that next layer of of releasing these people with the thin spo and the fit spo and all of this, like I see it everywhere now on Instagram, right? These perfect, I mean, their their makeup is oh, like off the charts, like they're going to be on the red carpet, and they've got these perfect bodies, and they're selling these diet products and these hair products and all of these things, and I'm like, oh my god, mm -hmm. it's heartbreaking. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's 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 a, such a machine, right? And it starts so young, you know. I guess I was always really fit, and um, I had the opposite experience. I mean, the so I'm not necessarily connecting with it as a child. I'm connecting it with it more, like for me, trying to accept my post menopausal body because, um, you know that you know I have had kind of a different experience where I have always been very, very fit, you know, and having from when I was young, I was an athlete. And then, you know, now, and then I taught yoga for all those years. So I was, you know, could do all the poses and do all the things and was really fit and trim. And right. now menopause really has wreaked havoc on my body, you know? And so, you know, I'm trying to sort well, of and wreaked havoc. Like that's language that we need to release that, right? Like even yeah. that, right? Like that's that's what they're trying to teach us is that yeah. because the media has always said that fit and trim is perfection. Yeah. And that's what we're all seeking. We actually look at our bodies as though they are failing us or falling apart. Like my body's falling apart. I don't know how many times yeah. I've heard that from women in my family, from friends and, you know, uh, um, friends, moms over the years. like my body's falling apart is as how we, we speak to it when, yeah. um, and I don't, you've probably not gotten to the part where she actually talks about cellulite and uh, body oh, mass. Yeah, exactly. That was on my walk today. Well, and it was funny though, because I, I was on, I, I did listen to that and I was like, Oh yeah. So, but, but when I was walking, like my fingers were like sausages. I don't know if it's cause it's hot here or because I was walking in like the blood flow or something, but I'm like, what is happening to my fingers? Like they're like little sausages, you know? So like, that's what I mean by like, it's like a new relationship with, yes, you know, it is. And I'm so, I, I am so thrilled for you that as you're going through this, you have these, these words and these books, um, because 
they there it's this book is healing that uh, the 40 years of just raw rawness mm-hmm. and and it, early in my early 40s i i remember having my first kind of like okay this is my body and yes. she has done great things for me and she will i think it was that realization of even looking back at pictures of myself when I was in my twenties and I was teeny. Yeah. I mean, I was curvy and I, I was the hourglass. I was Marilyn. Mm. Right. And, but I still hated my body. Hmm. I still hated her. She was never good enough. Never. I was always, I was what these girls were talking about. The, I would say no to going to the pool party. I would say no going to the beach because I didn't want anyone to see me in my bathing suit. It was, it was, there was always a great reason for me not to go. And it was because I was hiding out because I thought someone's body will be better than my body. And that will make me less than it'll make It'll make my boyfriend love me less or, or look at me differently. Mm-hmm. It, it will make my friends think I'm lazy. Again, even I was a size four. I was teeny. Mm. And I now realize as a, as a grown woman who is no longer a size four, I, I look back and I'm like, it, it's not about my actual body. It's not. Yeah, it's about. Yeah, exactly. I think that's because it doesn't matter. So like. And that's, and I think that's the experience that is universal is it doesn't actually matter what the number is on the tag. Yes. It's the insecurity of that everybody at some point has because we've objectified. Yes. Our body is not the vehicle and carrier of the soul, you know, standing on sacred ground, Mm -hmm. but it's something to be, um, Judged. Judged. Yeah. It's something to be. And you know, what's so beautiful about us reading all of these, these beautiful scripture from when Christ walked the planet with all of these divine humans that he circled around him, right? Mm-hmm. All the, the disciples, the women that we're learning about and how he was really, truly teaching this like self-emptying love, right? This mm-hmm. um, kenosis, the kenotic path and about how it really is about seeing the judgment, you know, seeing it when we feel it, seeing it and transforming it and bringing love to it and releasing it, like learning about that in this, in the context of this way that Christ came to teach us paired with this true life struggle that so many women have. And like you're saying, at some point, most women do. Now it might not it's not always wait for people. Right. And like, that was my struggle. Right. Mm. And it was, it was my mom's struggle. And, Mm. and I, I'm sure, you know, generations before her, right. Like there's, we're Italian, we're Rubenesque. Like we are on Michelangelo painted our bodies. So good. (laughs) You know, I love it. And, and so, but we grew up in in a space and time where people looked at that as though it was um, lazy, right? If you aren't working out to the point where your body looks like this, like Pamela Anderson, like that was a big one for me in the in the nineties when I was 
growing up, like I was becoming an adult, right? Was Pamela Anderson with these huge fake boobs and this like, you know, perfect butt and no jiggles. And if I didn't look like that, then I wasn't working hard enough. That's how it felt. So I think it applies to like bodies, but also like for me, like I'm sort of deep in my shadow work right now. So taking a hard look at all of those assumptions, the unconscious stuff that we often like glaze over that stuff that mm. um, creates those, um, you Ooh, know, that look on your face. I know. Well, part of it is, you know, again, we've talked about this before, like Caroline missed her sacred contracts going into that archetype wheel. Actually, I had the most fabulous conversation with Stacey Statham um, the other day. She actually is doing some archetype work right now. And, you know, we were both like, who knew that we were both like sort of passionate about this. Um, but I did like an archetype wheel. And, you know, in my house, my 12th house is, which is your unconscious, is a femme fatale, right? And when I first saw that, I was like, that's not true. And then I'm like, oh, it totally is. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's so yes. good when you start to understand yourself. You're like, aha. Yes. And, and when you see that stuff that we aren't willing to explore, bring to light, hide, you know, that stuff that we're embarrassed or ashamed to talk about, you know, this is the stuff that is, is when we're really living an intentional life mm -hmm. is that we're not just looking at the stuff that's beautiful. We're looking at the stuff that is not beautiful. And when I say that, I mean it in the most, um, gentle of ways right <laughs> we're we're not just trying to say you know and i mean it as like as like a, a non-judgmental pull right because yes. right it is equal and important but because we have labeled it in society culture and this goes right back to the body stuff as good or bad right right well or as ideal yes and and everything else like yeah. there is only one one thing that is good or ideal or worthy of right and yeah. and that isn't it isn't simply weight it's also age it's yeah. like the, when it's when she started talking about um botox yeah i was like oh she's going to lose a lot of people here um <laughs> Because there's a lot of people who are who are really um, who are addicted to that, right? Because they, and I remember having a girlfriend who was I don't know maybe five years younger than I am, and I think she she, she was in her 30s and she was talking about how, you know, oh yeah, I started Botox because I got to start it early, and I'm like, I remember just kind of kind of cocking my head to the side, and I was like, you got to get started early, what? Yeah, like. And, and I know, like, now that I think back to that conversation, I was like, that was 100% my spirit stepping right up to the front yeah. and saying, this is really an important conversation because like, that's not a path that I, I chose and I'm not in judgment of anybody who does, yeah. but when you actually listen to these women talking about this toxin 
that's being shot into their body and paralyzing yeah. their muscles. And, and that we've been taught as women that it is so important to not have wrinkles that we should poison our bodies. Oh, all day long. I mean, like, that's why I feel like going gray is a big F you to the system. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Oh, it gosh. Is. It is not accepted. Men are okay to be gray and it's the silver fox and it's handsome and it's aged. Yeah. But for women, right? It's just not. Yes. And so that well, I is feel like it's becoming more, you know? I think like I think women like you, women like Christine, in, inside uh, the real estate space, but in general, I'm seeing so many more women kind of claiming their silver crown. And I think that that the pandemic definitely helped with that because, of course, yeah. they couldn't get they their couldn't. hair done. Yeah. Um, however, I think that that's part of I. Uh, the divine timing of everything, right? Like I remember learning this, this scripture when I was a kid that, uh, and it was really taught to me, like God wastes nothing. Like that's, that was kind yeah. of the, this a mantra over and over again. Did you hear, hear that too? When you were a kid, like yeah. God wastes nothing. Yeah. So, so we heard that a lot. And, and really what the, the, the premise of it is like, God, he's, um, this, this idea of, God not wasting anything is, is actually about me not wasting anything. Mm. Like God isn't living my life. Mm. So, so if something, if I recognize something like the pandemic as this big change in my life, I have the choice to either waste it curled in the corner of my house saying, this is awful. This sucks. This sucks. I can't see anybody. I want my life back. And I can just sit complaining and in this negative spiral, or I can go, Hmm, what can I change? Hmm. What can I, what can I move forward with? What can I leave behind? What can I take with me? And I think that there's a whole lot of women who said, I'm not taking the stress and the, I mean, thousands of dollars, women spend oh, thousands wow. of dollars. Um, coloring their hair. And in particular, when they are fully gray, they have to go in all the time. And so it's not only the, the chemicals, right? Cause I know that that's, that's part of the story for you, but it's also the, the simply the maintenance, right? Oh, the that's hard... where it started. You know, when, um, you know, for me, it was one of those things where that, I don't know if you can see it, but I've got the really white here. The Cruella. The, yeah, the Cruella. Someone else called it something else today. I forget. I love it. Well, it, um, I used to, so one, I used to like part my hair on the other side. I used to hide it. But the color, it lasted about 24, 48 hours max. And then it would come back out. What do you mean? Like when you were dyeing your hair brown? Oh, yeah, totally. Well, and... So I used to dye my hair like brown or auburn and I kind of like would go back and forth between the two. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And so like whatever color it was, like it would, it was like 48 hours and then it would all of a sudden just, it was like, it wasn't taking. And so you're spending hundreds of dollars and I'm like, yeah, it's just not taking it. It's like, I, you know, and then Stacey was like always asking me like, well, maybe you're using the wrong, you know, maybe she's doing the wrong stuff. Like maybe are you, are using like the organic stuff and not like the good stuff or whatever. Right. You know? And, um, <laughs> that's so funny, yeah, but yeah, and, I totally get what she's saying. Like, are they putting henna in your hair and it's just falling out? Like, 
Yeah, yeah. right. And um, so, no, I mean, it was just, it wasn't taking. Yeah. And so that was one of those things. I, I remember sitting down with Brittany and I've been, I have been going to her for years and years. She's my, my hairstylist that I, I adore, but she, um, I sat in her chair when I'm like, I think I'm going a gray. I think I'm going to do it. And she's like, just so you know, I'm not going to color your hair. Like I'm not touching it. It needs, this needs to come through. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, like even like Judy Weiniger, um, she's another beloved in our industry and she went gray and you know what, the thing is it suits her, you know? And so it's so funny, you know, how, you know, there's this thing. But about, it's that like, ideal, like, and, and the ideal again, isn't always body. It's also age, right? Yes. We're all supposed to stay 20 something for the rest of our lives. We're supposed to have no cellulite. We're supposed to have, you know, the curves in the right spaces and, and the straights in the right spaces. I mean, it's, and, and it's not like we're all learning this for the first time. I mean, yeah. we're grown ass women. We know <laughs> that we were like getting, I, I mean, I stopped reading fashion magazines when I was my first year in college. So what was I like 18, 19? Because I realized at that point, I think it was Baz Luhrmann. Do you remember that like big? I do, yes. Yeah, the director. Yeah, they they did this big like um, uh, redo of a college commencement speech. And it was, and one of the lines was like, stop reading beauty magazines. And I, and it, I mean, seriously, one line in a random like, Call a college commencement speech, but it really sat with me. I was like, this, it, it's creating discontent in me. And like knowing even at 18 years old that my 10 year old self who was doing the, the workout record <laughs> with the poster in front of a mirror. I was listening to those some Michael Jackson thriller. That's all I got to say. Yeah. Well, I did have Michael Jackson as well. <laughs> uh, lots of Michael and Duran Duran. Oh yes. Totally. Yes. And Depeche Mode. I mean, I got a, yes. Anyways, I could go down a, a total <laughs> route hole there, but the, the, I'm at 18. I'm starting this journey of already recognizing this is, this is BS. Like what, what is happening? Yeah. However, it's still, it, it didn't stop. Right. It didn't stop because I recognized this isn't right because I went into cosmetics and then, you know, I had the long blonde hair and I was always being compared to the women like yeah. Pamela Anderson to this ideal. And I was almost there. Almost. I was never there. Even though I was, I was never there in my mind. There yeah, was always yeah. one more thing to be done. I, if I would, if only my boobs were bigger. And I think I joked with you about this, right? Like I wanted to get the breast implants and I, I'm such a frugal fanny. Like I could not spend the money. I had the money. I could not spend the money. Like I was like, oh, that's so funny. I can't. it was like $10,000. And oh I was like, God. I'm not spending $10,000 to get boobs. Like, but I'm so thankful. However, I wish I would have known. All you have to do is wait till you're almost 50 and the boobs come. Right? Yeah, exactly. Well, just hold out ladies. I promise you just Go through menopause, you will get the boobs. <laughs> you will get the boobs, and you'll you also get, get the belly and the ass and all the other things. Yeah. The <laughs> well, you know what's so funny about that? And I remember I, this was like 10 years ago. I was doing a talk at a women's night at church. Yeah. And, 
And I was sharing that, you know, like I, every morning of my 20s and the first few years of my 30s, I would wake up and I would touch my stomach to see if it was any flatter than it was the day before. Mm. Like I would, I, I, so I'm literally opening myself up in front of these women. I don't know who, I mean, yeah. I know them on Sunday, right? But I was sharing yeah. this story about how I would wake up every morning and I would touch my stomach and wonder like, is it flat today? Mm. Is it flat today? I have a Rubenesque belly. Even at my tiniest, I always had a pooch. Mm -hmm. And so I was sharing this story about how um, I used to pray, like, God, give me bigger boobs. And how I wasn't specific enough. And yes, God gave me bigger boobs with a bigger belly and a bigger butt and bigger thighs. Yeah, that's, it. that's exactly it. <laughs> but it's an answered prayer. It's just I wasn't I wasn't specific. I was I should have said, well, could I only have fat right here? <laughs> well, you actually are touching on one of the laws of manifestation, right? And that is specificity. So yes, exactly. <laughs> Or, or you, uh, you, you counter it with for the highest and best, right? So it's, yes, uh, yes. I, I didn't know that back then. Yeah. I didn't know either. And so uh, here we are today and I am still on this journey and we are on this journey together. And this book it, it has simple, they've written it in such a simple way. And I think that's also something that's so beautiful. It allows you to translate it really well into any conversation that you're having. Right. Yeah. And they give such clear directive. Yeah. If you see this, yeah. if you experience that, if you feel this mm. question it, right. The movies, the movies, the yes. movies, the shows, right? Like we've joked about like John Hughes films are great, but they did not age well. <laughs> <laughs> like they, awesome. I mean, oh, it just, not age well. I don't That's really it. know what does. What's that? I, it's so funny. I, I actually love pretty much every John Hughes film. Oh it's yeah, like, me too. Yeah. However, when you go back and you look at it, you're like, oh my God, that, that guy's like in his mid twenties and he's like trying to get down a 15 year old pants. Oh, totally. What the heck's happening here? I crush on Watts and um, some oh, kind of yeah. wonderful. Yeah, me too. Oh, my God. With her drums and her little. I know. And oh, my God. Fringy, the fringe gloves. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I wanted to have those, her jeans. Remember her jeans? So she'd roll them up. Oh, totally. I oh, actually gosh, yeah. those fringe gloves for like years. And then also the one with, um, what's the um, one with the white suede outfit that got on the. Can't buy me love. I just watched that. that you did? Like, yeah, oh I just God. watched it. The white cabriolet. Yeah, oh. one of the besties, her husband drives one of those white cabriolets. And um, I actually saw him on the road today and I was like, oh my gosh, that's this. Okay, yeah, can't buy me love. Totally. Um, the thousand dollars. I want to, I want to rent you. <laughs> I was oh. so but like even even some of the things in that movie, right, are yeah. so. But we accepted it. It wasn't acceptable what was happening. Yeah, 
and I'm not simply talking about like him going, Hey, I want to pay a thousand dollars for that. And I want you to make me popular, but just some of the, in general, like innuendos and the things that were happening there. And it's also quite funny. If you go back to watch it, I can't remember what platform that was on. I, it might've been Netflix. I'm not sure. Uh, but it's so funny that like 20 somethings are playing high schoolers. Oh yeah, totally. And now it's like, I, I swear the kids that are playing high schoolers are 12. <laughs> yeah. Maybe well. that's just because I'm getting older, but they look, I mean, it, no one looks like uh, Molly Ringwald. Like know, she looked, I know. I remember when she put her lipstick on and it was held by her boobs. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. That was you better believe I mastered that when I was that age. <laughs> Did you? Oh, you better believe it. Oh, oh wow. yeah. yeah. That was, was like a party totally trick. Like the 16 candles. Like I, I was the one who was like trying to like, sew everything, you know, like, mm. you know, like that was me. I would make my own clothes and, you know, try to like stitch oh, things yes. up and. I love it. Yeah, We would have been friends. I'm certain. Yeah. We would have had so much fun and we would have gone to the Goodwill and made amazing things. Oh, 100%. Because that was totally me too. Like Halloween costumes. I didn't buy my Halloween costumes at Target or Kmart or whatever it was back then. I would yeah. totally create them from Goodwill stuff. Oh, totally. <laughs> I love my it. Favorite, my favorite though is one year we went as um, chickens coming out of an egg. And um, we we took um, tinfoil and wrapped it all around our head and had it like coated in feathers. And then we were coated in feathers and had... Um, you know, that big white poster board, we had it like look like a cracked egg and like a sandwiched board around us. We, well, I was with a friend um, in high school. I think it was, I think her name was Amy. And um, oh, okay. We, so you and your bestie like went as like as cracked eggs, cracked eggs. That's hilarious. I love it. <laughs> like, but, but birdies like coming out of the egg. Oh, totally. But the, the key, the, 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 the coup d'etat was the, the tin foil on the head wrapped around the head with the we're so clever we were so clever i, I love this i love That's it why i think i love like creating booths and stuff you know for marketing because it's like i get to kind of create that kind of thing it's like totally. and I'm, I'm in that process right now because live events are starting to come back and i i actually have like um like i i love that i'm like well kind of in that mode where how can we do something that's totally unexpected and different and surprising mm, I love that. all of it. So, well, um, I would love to pick this conversation up about the live events next week, because I'm very excited about that. Next week will have to be a short show because next week's actually my anniversary. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. 18 years. Can you believe it? Well, no, I can't. I'm like, that's how's it possible? That's a lot of years. I am. Um, a lot of years and we have we we met uh in september of 2000 mm -hmm. so like we're going in this is you know our 21st year of knowing one another i'm like it's just mind-boggling yeah how, and it really went pretty fast to be honest but um we were giggling the other day because uh, just our our journey has been wild, to say the least, <laughs> and like every other couple, right? N nothing is like it is on TV. Again, 
like this golden thing of, you know, flower petals every day and leading up to the bedroom and everyone's having like mind boggling sex every single night twice. That would not suck. (laughs) It's just that create that requires a lot more energy than most people have. Right. Mm -hmm. And we were giggling about how, how, how lucky we are to have found someone who is willing to go along with the learning, mm-hmm. right? Like we could have been paired up with somebody who was against change, right? And, you know, you, in your mind, you kind of always, um, you remember the good parts of old relationships for the most part, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I'm, where I'm there was a piece. I remember the bad stuff. Yeah. Oh, do you? Yeah, I am. I'm, I'm. I, I'm the opposite. Yeah. Uh, well, so for me, I I tend to like glorify it, right? Like I remember the the fun stuff, but oh, now as as we're hitting, we're getting closer and closer to twenty years. I'm like, yeah, like none of those dudes would have ever made it this far. <laughs> like I've been like seven different people already, and I'll likely yeah, be seven more. That is true. Well, that is because we are transformers and that is part of the experience. Yes. Thank God. But yes, I, I agree. I am also a, a shapeshifter and um, that's my, my longest friendship is my friend Jay. Um, he and I have been friends since we were in the first grade and um, he like uh, he really, truly like, you know, we joke sometimes he's like, you've been like 40 different people. Like, I don't, I never know like who's going to show up. (laughs) I'm chronically learning. I have like all of these chapters. Yes. But on the flip side, it makes it very difficult for my partners. Um, Yeah. It's not an easy, it's not an easy thing to do. So. um, Yeah. And, and we have the, like, we do have that balance. And even though, um, I'm certain I drive him crazy in certain ways. He definitely knows that he drives me crazy. It's not a secret. If you're watching this, you know, when he watches this, he'll laugh because it's not a secret. Um, he he does, oh, there's that freedom, right? There isn't that preconceived, this is who you were when I got married. Uh, in other words, I've I've never said to him and I've never heard from him, like, where's the person I married? You're not the person I married. I've never said that to him. He's never said that to me. Mm. That's beautiful then. It, it, it really is. And I, I guess as I get older, I realize how truly profound and what a blessing that is. That he has never expected me to stay the person I was when we met. Like, I'm like, oh, just ready. This first, these first 20, these, these have been a cakewalk to the next 20. Because, you know, I... Frankie is on her way out. Girl, I am with you. I'll be selling the Frankie from the vintage store. We're going to have Ducky join us for the event. But no, this next 20 years for me, we are going to create IEA. And we are, that's, that is to me what my heart is telling me. I just want to like, I I just want to. We will. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> I see you. I hear it. My spirit hears yours. And oh if my you what the heck I'm talking about, Cassandra Speaks is the book. Yes. I, I, uh, I mean, seriously, we need like, 
need affiliate links so we can start donating to charity every time we we sell one of their books. We could say, all right, sold another one, two dollars to another charity. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like I really, I really do think that some of these books we need to we need to get on an affiliate program so that we can raise some well, money. That's what I'm gonna do on the island of um I'm imagining it more to be like, you know. What is the island of Lesbos or whatever it is? What is it where I don't know? <laughs> What's what from Wonder Woman? Like what is that? Oh, oh, you know what? Their 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 island is a really weird name. It's like a really weird Greeky kind of name. Yeah, I thought I think it's Lesbos. No. Yes. Hold on. <laughs> it is not. Wonder I was surprised. I think I think it's something like that. But anyways, that's what I'm imagining. Like very much where I'm going to be the keeper of the library. And I'm going to be the one, you know, helping the women, you know, write the books and the journals, the codex, right? Yes. It's Themyscira. 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 Where is, like, I have no idea. Okay, get, your, I, get your mind out of the lesbian gutter. Lesbo. The island of Lesbo. That's something, Lesbo. but it's not Wonder Woman. It is. It's, it is Greek island located in the northeastern eastern Aegean Sea. Yeah, totally. See, that's the Greek island. That's hilarious. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's known for its ouzo. That's a good thing. Don't drink too much. It can make you blind. And Oh, and I just yeah. watched my big fat Greek wedding a couple oh, weeks ago. Funny. And they totally were doing the, the, the super straight conservative parents were like, Opa! <laughs> we got smashed oh, on so. oh man when we went to greece when i was we were in i was with one my, one of my other longtime, you know bestie you know from when we were 18 and um she found this place that had you could fill up your entire water bottle with ouzo for like a quarter or something and so she would come back with like her bottles filled with ouzo and i'm like you, you can't actually drink that just because it's a quarter like you will die <laughs> I love, I love the the rationality. You're like, you will die. Um, I don't okay. care how cheap it was. <laughs> so now I'm gonna now I'm gonna go down the 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 rabbit hole of Lesbos because a article just popped up why lesbians flock to Lesbos and why locals once leery now welcome them. <laughs> like, would I be welcome on an island like that? I'm not a lesbian, but I love women. Yeah, but the lesbians I mean, love you. I'm 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 grateful that I'm not a lesbian because I love being around lots of women and I would hate for my partner to feel at all insecure about all of the women that I love to be around. <laughs> yes. I like that. like that right there. And there's somebody that needs to hear that, I'm sure. Like I've always thought, wouldn't it be easier? No, I don't think for me. Cause I definitely am uh, a gatherer of lots of ladies. It would not be convenient for my love. <laughs> and thankfully, I'm married to a guy who loves being around women and serving them. So it's great when I have girlfriends over. He like becomes the butler. Butler's okay. <laughs> you need to come out and visit. You would I love to serve it. us out on the deck. Book it, Dano. Book it, Dano. Um, let's do our meditation. Yes. Uh, let's, uh, we didn't even talk about our 
why don't you read our affirmation and then I'll do the meditation. Because oh, Yes, a, yes, good. please. Because it's so good. We talked about it kind of throughout, but not actually the actual one. So let me put my specs on because, you know, my, my eyes have read so many things, they're tired. Um, okay. This week's affirmation is... I just deleted it. Okay. I am enough. Let me say that again. I am enough. I am confident, kind, loyal, loving, supportive, sassy, and <laughs> sensuous. My confidence inspires others. I love this one. Yeah, I do too. Well, and I think it's okay to be all of those things, right? And to not be all of those things. Yeah. Yes. All, one, some, whatever feels good. And sometimes yes and sometimes no, right? <laughs> yes. Sometimes I feel um, like I don't want to be supportive. Sometimes I want to crawl in a little dark closet and be by myself and not help anyone. I'm like that okay. too. A as lot. long as I don't stay there, it's okay. <laughs> I know. I'm like that actually a lot. I'm like, oh no, hell no, we are not doing that. Um, <laughs> oh no, hell no. Okay, meditate us out, Molly. Oh my goodness, we could talk for hours. I know. Let's put our hand, well, a hand on our heart and a hand on our belly. So this again, we're reconnecting. We're not looking or finding the flatness. We're finding the wholeness, right? <laughs> You know me so well. I love it. And first of all, we're just going to start with a mantra. I choose to vibrate at the frequency of gratitude. Mm. We're going to drop that frequency of gratitude into our hands, connecting to the seat of the soul at the heart center. Connecting to the center of the body, the belly. Grateful for whatever ever we feel under the hands, whether it's firm or soft or bumpy or smooth or whatever, just be really, really grateful for what is. Choose to vibrate at the frequency of gratitude. Big breath in. Big breath out through the mouth, letting it go. Mm. Yes, that was good. All right, everyone. I know we we are going to make a retreat by a campfire happen because we could talk deep into the night about all of these things oh, yeah. with our sisterhood. And we have got to make it happen. So we will. We're saying it right here. Yeah. It's accountable, everyone. We're doing it. We, we got to make it happen. Like, 
we didn't need to just figure it out. Yeah. Like yep. raise your hand in the chat. If you want to do that, a girl's weekend retreat weekend of wine and sisterhood and meditation. And I know Pam Blair is in. Oh yeah. She's, she's going to be on the, the woman up show on Friday. And she was like, can we, could we, when? <laughs> we actually talked about it a couple years ago and yeah. um yeah, yeah. You know, she's been that has been she actually has a friend who is like a healthy chef too so they can even cook us healthy meals yes we can we, we're the pacific ocean we oh. i might even be able to knock on someone's door who i know has a house on the beach i should do that i should ask her if that's okay. a possibility we could do it and with all of the resources we have We'll we'll do a couple of Facebook lives outside of Spill the Tea to draw some attention and to start kind of mulling and noodling through uh, ideas and dates and all of the things. But we know that there will be sisterhood, there will be fires, there will be water. <laughs> we know there will be these things and, and wine. wine. <laughs> yes, in wine, in my sparkly Star Wars inspired. Doesn't it look like the stars? Oh yeah. Yeah. And we'll be breathing and meditation and mm, breathing and meditating yeah. and having soul sessions with affirmations. Oh my goodness. I'm ready. Yeah, all right. We'll it. see you all next week. Have a great one. Thank you for spilling the tea with Molly and me today. It was our heart's desire to provide a lens for focus, a place to uncover the opportunities that abound and create a moment to embrace grace.